0: I thought you are the one to tell me how. Or could you tell me that you love me by mistake? Intoxicated by your dicks and you ashamed. That's so wrong So how can I believe or trust in anything that you say? When you so easily regret it, thanks, See that in my Cause I was dying for this love, this love. Yeah, I was dying for your love, your love. So tell me, baby, do you want me like I want you? Even if you want not say I know you. Sometimes I even think about if I should call you. Cause I thought you are the one. Cause I was dying for this love, this love. Yeah, what's
1: dying for you? Welcome back to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work. Guy Live B2B jam session. That was an amazing song that I have been obsessed with, obsessed with by Snow Allegra called Dying for Your Love. Make sure you check it out. You'll love it. It's one of my favorite songs on my playlist right now, today. With that said, I want to show love to everyone who's tuning in from oakland town hope you are well it's a happy monday morning in oakland so grateful that we are alive and blessed and you know we were able to see it through the weekend what did you do this weekend let us know in the comments below what did you do this weekend did you have fun did you spend time with family and once again rest in peace to the amazing lovely mr chadwick bozeman man i still miss that guy i still miss that guy um please if you haven't watched black panther at all since the passing of the late great Chadwick Boseman, please watch Black Panther and watch all of the other amazing movies that Chadwick Boseman has kind of left us with on this earth. With that said, today I'm excited to be joined by an amazing friend of mine who have been I, who I've been planning this episode with for a few months now, and I'm super excited that we're finally getting to it. She is a published author, counselor, advocate, entrepreneur, and military veteran who's incredibly passionate about. DEI work in DEI space, and more importantly, we're going to be diving deep a little bit on DEI today, and a little bit about how she kind of views it in the within the organizational context of what leaders can do to reinforce diversity, equity, inclusion. But more importantly, you know, how do they address it, and how do they state a case for it within their organization? Ariel Shivers, Miss McGrew, is a founder and CEO of Tactful Disruption. And she is super excited about really boldly editing workplace italics, is how she calls it. So I'm excited to really kind of talk to her a little bit about what was what inspired tactful disruption. You know, what 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 caused it and you know the movement that they're leading? You know, how how did she plan it? Where did she see it going? And more important, importantly, why is this so important in today's day and age? Make sure you check out tactful disruption. They are strategic. Resource at the Intersection of Mental Health and Career Development, and they are really focused on diversity and inclusion shortcomings, and Ariel is going to share a lot of that, a little bit about how leaders can really address that within their organizations. So with that said, Ariel, what's up? How are you doing?
2: Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. You can hear me well?
1: Yeah, we can hear you perfectly. It's an honor to have you on the show.
2: It's likewise. It's an honor to be here, and and (laughs) sorry for the time. You know, I'm still in the Army Reserve, so... I got to move things around.
1: Oh, women. no, no. Don't worry. Don't worry. You know, we're always flexible. We're always flexible. How are you doing? How are you doing given the state of the world? There's still a lot of violence and protests going on. But how, how are you hanging in there?
2: I'm, I'm in a I'm in a good space. Um, yeah. I would say uh, because I decided to go into the world of mental health like eight years ago, just becoming a clinician. And right now I, I counsel the criminally insane. And then I run a company to help like you know people stay grounded and build their concepts of self that um, I'm striking a really healthy balance because Lord yeah. knows it's uh, it's challenging work sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's very very challenging work and <laughs> it's not made any easier given the, the pandemic that we're all going through. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about kind of how long you've been doing the work that you do with tactical Disruption and, and what inspired it?
2: Oh, that! thank you, great question. So I would say I have probably been tactfully disruptive majority of my life but I think when I made the leap from doing career counseling in a traditional form to going and working in different organizations and constantly telling them, well, I'm a counselor. And they're like, well, you could be a business advisor. You can learn this. Like, okay, cool. And then I just realized like, I'm just, I'm just here as a mental health consultant. I'm going to do the project and get it done. And then before I realized it, a lot of the people that I was helping or interacting with, a lot of their challenges were rooted in something related to to something mental health. Um, but I was doing a lot of programs for veterans. So it started with moving from the Soldier for Life Transition Assistance Program as a career counselor to going to the WBDC and becoming the Associate Director of Veterans Programs. And then really just kind of unpacking what women veterans need needed to be able to say, hey, I'm going to take my life in my own hands. I will be responsible for my economic security and recognizing how there was a lot of more work that needed to be done. I mean, if, if we look at it by, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you, you can't actually self-actualize with any type of pathology. But if you've got all this unaddressed stuff going on, and you're a woman veteran, and you're of color, and you're trying to find your place, and you, you're being bombarded with all these messages that say you're other than what you believe, um, that's a challenge right there. And so it, it became more of something for me to advocate for in a different capacity. And it wasn't going to be as somebody's employee.
1: Hmm. Now that's so powerful. That's so powerful. And, you know, what, what do you think is the importance of mental health within the organizational context right now? And why should leaders be kind of more adamant about it, especially as it relates to EI, right? Because there's so many people of color right now who are suffering not only from, you know, maybe workplace um, prejudice, but also the fact that that at a social context, people are losing their lives and it's often, you know, black and brown people. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, why is it so important now that the leaders start paying attention to this within the context of their organizations?
2: Um, Primarily because I I think that we have to get clear and honest about like what people are dealing with. Like, yes, they apply for the role, but they're a whole person, not three-fifths of a person, not, you know, partially acceptable for the role. I mean, anybody can be groomed um, but you, you have to understand if you're grooming them in a direction that's going to help promote their well-being or if you're grooming them in a direction that's going to keep them stagnant. And then, you know, and on, the ver- on the flip side of that, say, well, we don't have enough in our pipeline. And it's like, no, you have a ton of talent. You're just not right. grooming that talent. And, that, and that, is a, that in itself is like, well, where does that come from? So it's like, is that the organizational needs? And it's like, well, organizations are people, right? Italics is people, culture. Period. Like it's like okay, you came into the door with this idea that somehow the organization has a bottom line that human human potential has limitations to achieve, and it's like, well, we got to re, re re look at that. So there must be something else going on. And now that racism is like its own public health crisis, it's like, well, then there must be some type of pervasive personality disorder at play, and, and yeah. we need to start saving people, it's mental health for the sake of them really pursuing econ- economic opportunities that are going to be
1: impactful. She is back, Eric, can you hear us?
2: I can I didn't even know that I cut out.
1: Uh, you cut off a little bit, but we're happy you're still with us. You know, how do you, you, you mentioned something there that racism is now its own pervasive public health crisis, which, you know, we definitely agree with you. You know, how do you feel about a lot of organizations who kind of shun a blind eye towards a lot of the racism or prejudice related issues that the world is currently facing? Do you think that's healthy for their organizations?
2: Um, I don't. I think it depends on the organization, um, mm. to, to be quite honest. and Who's leading that organization? There are some people who wholeheartedly believe you should stick to the facts. And after having just suffered through a statistics class this summer, I will tell you sometimes that data is not always a representation of um, some of the softer things that need to be touched. An example Uh is um, we did a data entry for some employees. They were between 23 and 54, but most of them were young in age between 23 and 32. And their tenure at that organization was under four years, but they all scored really high in SciCap. But by life stage development, they're supposed to. The challenge becomes that um, the other test they took was for emotional intelligence, where they all scored really low. Hmm. The reality of it is um, that's that's appropriate. They shouldn't have a whole bunch of emotional intelligence at that age, because I remember being that, that age and at that life stage. I was cocky and arrogant. So it's, <laughs> like, it's like, you know, over time, you know, you learn to be more thoughtful of other people. But we're not in that space and place where we can wait for you to mature through an organization because... The reality of it is no one wants to work somewhere for 30 to 40 years, unless you're working in a correctional facility and you know that pension is going to be there or any of those other um, essential jobs where, you know, you can step out, you really have to start considering what it takes to train people up on, on, mm-hmm. on the emotional side. And so if that's putting mental health consultants in place and putting them in the organizations, because you have to start helping people bridge those gaps. Like, yes, they want to succeed in your company, but if they don't know they're experiencing anxiety or ADHD, you have a totally different problem.
1: And so it's so fascinating you say that because a lot of a lot of organizations and leaders, they look deep on the statistics. But like to your point, they forget to recognize those softer uh, elements of the data that sometimes the data, data isn't telling you. and You really need more so qualitative input and feedback and really be at the post of your organization. You know, in some of your work, would love for you to share a little bit about some of the tactics, or um, the practical takeaways you've applied to help organizations and leaders. And really quick, before you get into that, I wanna show love to the amazing Betty Hart, who says, shout out to the powerful discussion with my friend, Ariel. It's about to get real up in here. Much love to Mrs. Hart. We appreciate you for for joining us. Ariel, go ahead and share a little bit with us, some of the tactics that you all use.
2: Okay, one, I gotta say, Betty, I love you. Um, (laughs) I do, I absolutely do. She's amazing. If you guys don't know Betty, go, get to know her. She's great. She's such a good spirit for your life. Um, tactics, I would say, I mean, it's really just, I, I became a mental health clinician. Um, and, and then I went into the real world and decided I like career development. I don't know why we're not recognizing that career counseling and mental health counseling really aren't two separate things. They're, they're, hmm. it's, it's, it's a very intertwined experience. You know, you when you realize that you don't like your job or that like, you know, there, there really aren't any upward mobility opportunities that has a really devastating psychological effect. Mm. So when we put together these little, I call them my little ads, but really that's just how I show up, have fun and I play. And I put my heart into whatever concepts I'm studying for that week. So, you know, right now for us, it's a scholarly wisdom, but practical truth. So we'll take a song that addresses a specific, um, I don't know mood, like anxiety, or just the idea that like you know you started something but people don't support that, right? Everybody has that experience. So they feel like pe- they're not being supported. Mm. But sometimes that that is deeply rooted in something that somebody else projected onto you when you were very young, right? So you're always going to be working through that and self negotiating that. The way you learn that is probably through communications theories like face negotiation. But when you see it show up in the workplace, it's like oh that's different. So we make sure that a lot of the little campaigns we put out there kind of address those things in really fun ways, like 20-second videos. There's music, there's song, but your left and your right brain are talking to each other. And then you might hit replay, you know. But when we work with organizations like uh, Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, we help create the campaigns. We specifically talk to women veterans. We put the statistics out there. And then, you know, we set the links up. And now those women who see it, they join us on a peer support group every Sunday at six PM and you know I facilitate that, not just as a certified veteran peer support specialist, but as a licensed professional counselor, kind of helping them get to the next level. Right now, last night's group right now, there were three two women present. And um, one of the issues was, you know, they're like they're older women veterans and they're like, that was the first time they ever seen a, a woman veteran lead a peer support group. You know, things like that where you like you have to start normalizing the divergent thinkers, like putting them Mm. at the forefront of of these conversations because they're already not afraid of your opinion. So it's like, oh, tell me I can't watch it, I will. You know, I think that's important. So being able to, like, step out and say, hey, we'll boldly edit workplace italics. Those italics are people. It's it's that shared culture and meaning. And until people understand or make meaning out of that experience, I feel like we're going to be tactfully disruptive for a while. Wow. Wow.
1: you know, it, it's so powerful that, that you're saying that because not not many organizations and leaders think like that. You know, why, why do you think is that that's the that's the current situation, Ariel?
2: Well, I would say prior to this, nobody had an opportunity to really sit down and be with themselves. I think when the shelter in place came about, well, being actually started happening. I think people got to catch up with themselves, wow. like take a take a deep breath and go, wow, I've been running my own race for so long. Like this, you know, like I I joke and tell people I'm going to be the Nike of this mental health and career development, but it's, but it's like really being intentional about your choices and then people having an opportunity to sit at home. And, and really to me, COVID-19 has been a blessing in disguise for so many people to really get their mind right, right? And then really start addressing some of those heart, issues those things where it's like it's been hard to recognize like damn i was an asshole or man i could have done better but when somebody is telling you we're gonna have this conversation it's like that girlfriend you can't escape (laughs) like we're gonna have (laughs) this conversation you're like okay fine let's have the conversation then it's just like damn yeah you know like how do i own that like i'm not that great i've been doing some really shady shit to people that's that's hard for people so i think that you know it's it's about the level of comfort with vulnerability like How honest and exposed do you want to be to say, I I got issues. I've been doing stuff because that person, my ego was in the way. Shit, that person pissed me off. They defied my authority. So, you know, I figured out a way to get rid of them. Uh, It's like, yeah, you might be a sociopath, right? I wouldn't say that realistically. But, you know, some people have narcissistic traits. So it's like, that's why I always say the diversity and inclusion shortcoming sometimes is really a mental health issue. It's like, no, no. Like the systemic things that we're looking at, we're all rooted in like who who realistically today would think that it's okay to go and steal a bunch of people and put them to labor for free? Nobody. Right. Uh -uh. But when you're telling people, but that's what happened and you're still profiting off of that, like the irony of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is it's built like a triangle. And even our um, work structure is is hierarchical, just like that structure. Right. The self actualized person at the top is the CEO. While you have some who are really, you know, moving and grooving in between that self-esteem space, which is what the one right under the apex of self-actualization. And then under that, it's those basic needs. But at the very base of all that is the reality that most people need to feel safe. And if you've got more than half the world walking around feeling unsafe, it's really hard to see how you're going to get to self-actualization. Mm, mm,
0: mm.
1: That's powerful. That's powerful. It, 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 it's it's a new lens on DEI training, and more importantly, you know, leadership training too. In terms of making sure that people who are in these roles are aware of some of their mental health biases, um, not only their leadership biases but also mental health biases. Because it's true, you know, when you put people in positions of leadership and they're not taking care of their mental health, there's often a the trickle down effect that affects other people around them because they're not taking care of themselves or something isn't happening at home or something isn't you know being or they're not taking themselves taking care of themselves at home yeah i I agree with you shout out to my homeboy mr aziz who's saying glad to be on the timbo show i love that man i love that appreciate you so much aziz so ariel i wanted to talk to you because we talked about this before uh you know you and i got into our our live podcaster, you know, you mentioned the fact that it's kind of weird right now that our current president is currently sharing a memo within the within the, the government saying that DEI training is currently anti-American. You know, we'd love for you to share your thoughts on that and how DEI professionals should, should think about really stating the case for why DEI <laughs> matters um, within their workplace.
2: Um, So that's twofold. Right. Um, now for, don't at me for what I'm about to say to anybody out there. <laughs> Um, on the one hand, he's saying that hey, America was built on this like you know this this labor kind of idea that like you know there are some people who just don't have certain skills, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they can't progress to certain roles. And then on the flip side of that, it's like, so you mean to tell me it's okay if people just don't want to learn the history of America, that they just don't want to learn how they're situated? Because I mean, the backstories matter, but to say it's anti-American, it's almost like saying, yeah, 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 we know we we got a we got a bloody past, but move on, get over it. So I think for DEI professionals who are going in strictly through that HR space, um, you're going to have to beef up your skill set. You're going to have to get a little bit more multidisciplinary about it. And and I really do think you're going to have to leverage the org leadership, the IO leadership, but the world of mental health more than anything. Because mm. if it's anti-American, you can't teach other people how not to be, I don't know, almost in a way like oblivious psychopath. Then <laughs> you have to start teaching them what in place of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're listening you're in the DEI space, make sure you check out Ariel lot on what she is saying. Because tactical disruption is completely changing the mold on how people think about, one, uh, mental health training, but also the DEI work within Organizations. And, you know, Eric, I think you, you provide a great point. Um, I think that uh, it's, it's weird uh, what our current president is doing, but more fundamentally, you know, it's not right and hopefully doesn't kind of pass any muster within the executive office. You know, and I think in times like this, more importantly, you know, it, it's great that we're actually having a lot more com- um, conversations around race relations, um, not only within the workplace, but also beyond the workplace and at a societal and national level. And, you know, that there's been a, a lot of progress made this year, and there's still a lot more progress to, to come. But, you know, if, if you're a DEI professional, you know, you shouldn't be scared. Um, definitely think about beefing up your skills, as Ariel says. And more importantly, check out what Tactful Disruption is doing and how they're doing it. You know, Ariel, would love for you to share about who have been some of the leaders that maybe you've been inspired by as you build your company, Tactful Disruption.
2: Um. I, so they're they're everyday heroes, um, and I honestly, I, I'm actually. This is gonna be a little weird, but I'm I'm really like proud of the kids right now. Wow. Like these kids are amazing to me because they're tapped in, and they're tuned in in a way that like you've never got to see before. Um, like like I'm homeschooling my nine year old. I'm a terrible fourth grade teacher. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's okay. am because I I'm a great influence where it counts but I would say my 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 comrades like Shante Thurman um for the Darkest Horse Ventures I'd say Kamala Harris and and just her ability to stand up speak up and and I I like I like her uh swag I really do uh AOC just because I just feel like you know she's she got Twitter jujitsu all day long. Um, yeah, she's pretty awesome.
1: Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I'm. I mean, it's it's. But I mean, there's like up and coming artists that like you know I listen to too that inspire me. Just their story, you know. Like I like for a lot of uh, tactful disruptions, little nuggets of truth. We use a lot of uh, an artist named Calvin Scrooby. Like you know, I I really just think that I'm inspired by people in the moment as as it is relevant to like whatever it is I'm. Really sitting in, so I like to be in my flow states a lot, and so it can be ever changing. I, I I don't know, maybe I have a little bit of a vast palette, so it just depends. Um,
1: no, love that. No, that's a you know your your perspective matters, and you know your palette matters. So no, those are all amazing people. Huge fans of some of the people that you mentioned, uh, especially because of the work that they're doing and being advocates, and not only advocates leaders um i think now more than ever we need leadership in the united states of america across all sectors whether it be you're in high tech business or you know you are dealing with public um policy issues and you know those are some amazing leaders to to be inspired by ariel it's been such an honor having you on our show you know what is your powerful takeaway for our guy community on how they can take control of their mental health because we all know now more than ever it's important what are your thoughts ariel
2: so I would say mind what matters. Ooh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> literally, you got to put your mind on it and you got to make it matter. And if, if you can't put your mind on it, it does not matter. Move on and recognize what you're minding because not everything matters.
1: Mm. Mm. That's so true. It's so true. I know what you mean by that because I take care of my mental health. But if you <laughs> don't know what she means by that, make sure you check out Tactical Disruption and follow up with Ariel. She's amazing but really you know mental health you know it's one of the even for me I've been investing a lot in different mental health companies astonishingly excited about what we're going to be seeing in the next 5 to 7 to 10 years in the mental health space because now more than ever people are paying attention to their mental health and wellness holistically and we're seeing a lot of innovation across predictive medicine digital health iot um iot products that are helping you take control of your mental health so you know i think we're going to see a lot of that even being brought into the the working world as well ariel it's been such an honor having you on the show you are you brought a a ball of energy and please if you don't know tackle disruption check them out ariel we appreciate you how about you come back on for a future episode what do you think
2: oh I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. I'm trying to keep a little plane from being in the audio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we appreciate you for tuning in and joining us with that said. Thank you so much, Ariel. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was another episode of unleashing the future of work. Guy live B2B jam session. How does B2B jam session In the world, as well as Oakland, and no one has told me different yet, so I'm pretty grateful for that. Uh, With that said, we actually launched on Product Hunt today. Guide launched on Product Hunt today. We are on Product Hunt, and we are getting amazing love and upvotes on Twitter and everywhere else. So If you have been a part of our movement, you've been down since day one, day one A1, please check us out on Product Hunt. I'm going to share the link in the comments we have been we have been you know it's it's super it's super crazy because the journey has been crazy for us and for those of you who have been down since day one a one you know what it's been and for us to launch on product hunt and still just kind of be at the at the at the surface level of our mission is truly inspiring so we want to thank you for all of you who have been supporting the guide movement and we want to thank you for all of you who have been Part of Team Guide. It's truly, 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 truly a wonder to say that we have a 300,000 member community. And more importantly, we have a movement of people who really support the work that we're doing and the change that we're trying to create in the world. So we really, really appreciate you. And we really ask that you show us some love on Product Hunt, upvote us, share with your mom, share with your friends, share with your boss. You know, we are really, really moving and we continue to get better every single day. So please show us some love on Product Hunt and let us know what you think. And make sure you sign up for early access if you have not signed up for early access for Guide. Sign up at guideapp.co and let's, let's keep the movement moving, all right? With that said, if you want to be on a future episode, literally, if you want to be on a future episode of Guide Live B2B Jam Session, please hit me up in my DMs on LinkedIn or even better, I would love if you hit us up on utfow.com, utfow.com. If you want to be a future guest or if you think you know someone that would be a perfect guest in the future, please hit us up at utfow.com. We have been doing this for quite some time now. We've had amazing guests on such as Arlie Hamilton, Scott Belsky, literally living legends on our show. Please show us some love, sign up, and you know become a guest. Our movement is your movement. Your movement is our movement. And more importantly, our platform is your platform. As always, thank you again for joining us for this Monday morning episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, Guy Live B2B Jam session. So today we don't have any special evening episode, but we do have a few special guests for throughout this week that we are super excited. To have you all here and listen to. So make sure you tune in with us for the entire week. And as always, tell your friend to tell your friend to tell their boss that Guy Live B2B Jam Session is the hottest B2B Jam Session in the world and Oakland. Much love to Oakland. All right, y'all. Peace, love, and abundance. Talk soon. And as we kind of exit you all, I want to exit you all out to a song by Snow Allegra, which is amazing. Check this out, it's called I Want You Around, featuring Black.
0: It's something about the way you said, I know that I don't make things clear. I call for you every time I try to resist you. We can get away. Palm trees, beach views, with are the day. All I want to hear is that vicious are replay Sit right next to you You I try not to show how I feel about you Think you wish was your but we don't really want to I just want to get away And sit right next to you You I don't want to kiss you Yeah, I just want to feel you Feel you for so, right.
2: I want you to be around for this here, this year, next year, every year, you've been here for every tear, you complete me even though I'm whole on my own, I had you on ice like the snow and it's gone, look, you should slide my
0: way, be easy on the brakes, black ice never catch me slipping, babe, I bought an extraordinary day in the in LA. but that's not Stevie Wonder on the plane. Like, we can get away, riding down PCA, like it's back in the day Now the record on replay, I'm by your side like your name Two lovers in a Bentley, cool And I try not to show, my eyes can't hide, I'm feeling on the low I been want a two-step until it can't no more Getting no sitting next to you You Kiss you, and yeah, I just wanna feel you, feel you. I want you around, around. I want around, around. I don't know what you call, I don't know what you call What you did Yeah, you know I love you, but I can not forgive it You could tell me stay, but I have to go Cause I would not expect someone to stay You found out I'm all I have Right when I let my guard down, you clear around And no, not this time, we can't get that shit out it's too so late for me to say I wish all the things you say what you believe in this way I know. I could've done without Lies, lies And no thought I'd blame. Blind. This just don't feel right You know what you know what you You do yeah, what you did, what you, did yeah. you know You could tell me stay, but I have to go. I would not expect someone to stay. If I let them down, what you think, what you think. Yeah, you know I love you, but I want you. You could tell me stay, but I have to go. I would not expect someone to stay. to stay <laughs> yeah. shine. Yeah. you <laughs>